Hello and welcome to the Interfish Podcast, where we discuss the most interesting and compelling seafood news. Uh, I'm Drew Cherry, Editorial Director with Interfish Media, and I am here with uh, Editor Dominic Welling in London, Senior Reporter Lola Navarro, and Executive Editor John Fiorillo in Seattle. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. So, um, let's start off with the big news of the week. Uh, Dom, you had a front row seat for the announcement uh, of Marine Harvest's massive rebranding campaign. They will no longer be known as Marine Harvest. They're going to be known as Movie, or Maui, if you read it in English. Um, Movie. 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 (laughs) Part of the fun is not being able to pronounce it, you were told. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's dive in because I think we probably all have some opinions. But Dom, uh, you start with the event and um, your initial impressions of of this change. Um, yeah. So they they announced it at their capital markets day up in Edinburgh uh, this week, but uh, which is the whole thing was pretty unusual for a um, capital markets day. But uh, yeah, so it was a pretty big announcement, obviously. Um, and yeah, I mean, everyone was taken a little bit by surprise, I think. Uh, although they have kind of been heading in that direction to go for a to start branding their stuff, and they're the best place to do it when it comes to salmon. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. Um, and then we all had a tour of their Scythe plant as well, where they're going to be producing it. Um, from next year so yeah from january next year they're gonna have a new name company's gonna change its name it's it's going back to its original name when it was first founded back in the 60s um and yeah uh it's all pretty exciting but yeah you're right you don't know how to pronounce it um but uh the ceo was telling me that that's part of the part of the thing it's a bit like ikea he said but it's you know people pronounce it differently and you know that's that's fine um pronounce different different languages it's also a talking point i guess um which is what you want when you're when you're starting a brand so yeah pretty huh. good huh it's good um all right well uh yeah Let, let's let's start the discussion here about what we think about this move that the, the a- analysts were kind of uh i guess sort of shrugged it off uh, in a way and yeah. kind of said eh, okay yeah whatever yeah, that's the impression I got. I mean, they're all pretty positive about it and thought it was quite an exciting move. But um, I mean, they're not massive figures, although they sound pretty big to to most people. Like thirty-five million investment for someone like Marine Harvest isn't massive. Um, and they were saying, you know, like so for them, it doesn't really matter if it if it you know goes well or not. Um, and but, well, yeah, anyway, obviously it does matter, but like you know, it's not like the risk reward they were saying is you know pretty pretty good. But um, yeah, so one billion to its revenues is pretty big. Um, but then again, the hundred million extra uh, a bit. Um, again, they've apparently already priced it in. This is this is by twenty twenty five. Remember, so this is over for the next seven years. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, they all seemed a little bit yeah lackluster about the whole thing the financial analysts but they said it's more of a strategic thing than than financial um so but having said that apparently straight off the announcement marine harvest shares were down um so uh yeah the market spoke they said but again <laughs> so was the rest of the seafood um 
uh, shares that, that, that they've said it was in line with the markets. But yeah, from a financial point of view, I don't think it you know it makes much a lot of uh, well, it's hard to track. They were saying because it was over such a long period of time, <coughs> but it was more about the sort of strategy and the and the sort of growth, the, the yeah the development uh, part of the, of the announcement. I think. Uh, Lola, do you think it's a smart move? Um, well, I thought at the beginning I liked the idea because I thought the marine harvest. Well, you know that the name is well recognized and and it's obviously very successful, but. I think marine harvest refers more, or it just sounds like like aquaculture, and and this is a company that now has got um, <clears throat> a lot of different businesses, and it's not just um, farming salmon. So they've got the whole uh, value chain integrated, and I think I thought it was a smart move, yeah. But then, and also like like Tom was saying, it's not that they're risking so much with it. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're trying to create this new concept. Um, they were saying like like brands in different products, and I'm not sure that a product like salmon, like when when a cons when a consumer um, or, a, or a customer goes and buy a product like salmon, they're looking for for a differentiated product. At the end of the day, for a brand, I think what a consumer wants is is to buy a piece of salmon. So I'm not sure. I'm not really sure, and 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 about the name, I find it very funny that no one knows uh, how it's pronounced. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they can afford it. They can afford to do something like this. I think it's a bold move, but yeah, I was I was yeah, I saw the point of uh, changing, and and I mainly think that the name Marine Harvest is is referring more to the to the farming of the fish than the whole value chain. So yeah, I think I think I like it. Yeah. There, there is a slight um, issue uh, with this, though, uh, that people flagged was that because they do most of their business at the moment is private label in all the retailers. So there's the question of um, will they be competing with themselves, basically? Mm. And they're saying that no, there's room for this this extra level of like, yeah, superior quality salmon that's branded. But by just by saying that, they're sort of taking something away from the rest of the salmon they produce. They're sort of saying it's of a lower quality, mm. um, so financial analysts were suggesting that maybe of this 100 million that they make on the top from this this superior uh, brand, they might lose off the bottom from their um, less superior uh, salmon that they sell to that Sainsbury's and Lidl and Aldi will sell. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think it shows a tremendous amount of confidence. Uh, mm. on behalf of Marine Harvest. I mean, it, it's um, how risky it is financially, um, as you said, is, is debatable. Um, because I, I think what it, what it shows, when I say confidence, I mean confidence in, in salmon itself as a product in the salmon market. That they feel that it's a product that doesn't necessarily sell itself per se, but that is in such demand that a move like this is not a monumental risk. If this was a smaller company doing it, yeah, it might be risky. Um, but you've seen companies that have, have made similar uh, similar kinds of moves over the years. Um, you know, uh, Cook, for example, they sell under the True North brand and have increasingly kind of done that. Um, 
but but this this was much more uh, ambitious. I feel a- at least that's the the way that they framed it, um, and and in a way, uh, you know, a- again demonstrates that they feel like the products they produce are in enough demand and of high enough quality that um, that they can can consolidate their their name in this way, which may in some ways be a um, you know a, a big help internally even more. Um, than externally, but um, John these is are, a child. Actually, oh, sorry. sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry, no. They, these are actually like new products in a way. They're going to be, you know, carefully selected eggs and broodstock and what have you, and right. going to be farmed in uh, special hand-selected farms that they weren't willing to say where exactly. Um, so they are trying to make an effort to to make these. These are going to be different salmon. Mm. To the ones that they're already producing, um, uh, you know, more omega three, etc., different feed. Um, this is what they're all claiming that this is a whole different fish. Like but the salmon is superior, but it's the same products. Like they're gonna say, they're gonna say oh, the same kind of fillets and yeah. portions. Mm. And for now, I think that's where they start. Yeah. 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 So it's, but, it's uh, but yeah, and you're right. right. Like I don't. When you go to a supermarket, or at least in the UK, you don't. You're not looking out for a brand of salmon. You're just picking up. A thing of salmon, right? Yeah. So they, so, so like on a, unlike other products where you tend to choose the brand over the mm-hmm. own label stuff, it's the other way around, and it's fine. It's filling that gap, but that's going to be difficult. But they're also saying that at the moment because it is just a retail brand, like if consumers have, if consumers can't really communicate with the like who produced it. If you sort of mean like. Yeah. So if they by having a brand they can put out a marketing message and they can explain where it's come from and blah blah blah. So yeah, that's sort of where they're going. That's right. More communication with the con- directly with the consumer about products. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I think it will work, but uh, I mean it's going to be all over the world, so it'll probably be different in different markets how yeah. the consumer responds to it. And yeah. there's going to be exceptions to the rule, right? I mean, um, you know, some of their regional brands that are uh, for example in smoked they they will mm-hmm. maintain some of those brands correct for now yeah they were clear that they were asked a question on duck trap in the u.s um specifically um uh because that's from what i understand in, is in maine and it's, it's yes. quite a sort of artisanal specialist sort of product uh local product um and that would be different to Maui m- movie um, because that's is um, that's more of a global brand. If you sort of mean so they're going to keep Duck Trap as a sort of you know like a specialist product, um, but other and then the, the yeah the same with what they're doing in China as well. Um, that will probably stay at least for the time being. Um, but other things like Harvest Salmon in the UK they don't know yet, but that's probably going to merge into it. And, yeah, it's going to be different things for different, different markets. Right. And Dom, you need to stretch stretch that O out just a little bit more. So move. So, just so you know. But like John, a like, a, like a cow. John, um, as a child of the 70s, as you came of age in the 70s, I'm sorry to date you, but it's important. <laughs> it's important that we do this because um, we're, we're going to do a little we're going to do a little quiz. We're gonna do a, a Rorschach test or, or whatever it is. Now, when when you read this in English, particularly in, <laughs> with an American uh, accent, 
you're going to read that as Maui. Now, I want you to tell me the word that jumps into your head when I say Maui. <laughs> well, Maui Wowie jumps into my head, and everybody knows what that is. So, well, no, no, I yeah. don't think they do, John. I think you need no, to I elaborate. No, I just don't know what that is. Yeah, please explain. <laughs> I believe, if if I recall correctly, and you um, probably it, don't. <laughs> it's marijuana that was grown in Hawaii. At least that was my. Understanding. I don't have much experience with that stuff, but that's what I understand. But let me let me just interject right here because Maui movie. Oh, I, ah, I just don't get it. Like I know, I know, I know, I know that there's language and all that involved here. But like, if you're gonna spend two years creating a brand, of which the name is probably the most important part. I don't understand how it has, and I don't buy the IKEA thing. I, does not everybody say IKEA? May, maybe not. Uh, no, no. Instead, say, say IKEA. IKEA. Yeah. Okay. Well, there. I'm just ignorant, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't particularly like the fluid name thing. But overall, I think, I think it's a very interesting move in the sense that they you know they want to become that that known brand in salmon and there really isn't one so i think back to your comment drew they, they are really confident that salmon has arrived and it has and that you know it needs some sort of dominant uh brand in the market and you know Maybe so. I mean, on their website, they have 13 sub-brands, and I know you guys just talked about that duck trap will probably survive, and maybe the Irish organic or uh, the China one, but, you know, all the others are fairly unknown for the most part, or at least not, not greatly known, so they can roll all that up, and that's got to help internally as far as production and all the things that go into labeling and you know, uh, producing different brands. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 I'll wait and see. Did they did they say forty million U.S. to to spend on advertising and all that? Uh, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Thirty-five yeah. million euros. Thirty-five so million euros. Yeah. Is that over a period of time, Dom? I didn't understand that for Wait. sure. They're going to start next year, but I guess it's over the the targets are all till 2025. Um, yeah. So I guess they'll spend it as they need it. But yeah, it's kicked off next year. I think they're so. going to need a lot more than that, but yeah, we'll see. Anyways, but they they've got all the facilities and everything like that. They just need it's just going to be on the marketing and advertising. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. You know, I heard I heard an interesting number that was that was thrown out. Um, at a at a conference, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you've heard it as well, but I believe that one out of every four salmon, if we sort of break it down into salmon, is grown by marine harvest. And if you let that sink uh -oh. in for a second, um, it does show that um, you know th this is a company that has incredible market power. It is now a Tyson. It is now. Uh, you know, a Smithfield. It's a it's a big major 
producer of uh, of a protein that is kind of making the next next natural move, which is to really uh, own that space. Um, the name, you know, I, like any like any brand, over time, uh, I'm sure those of us that have been writing about marine harvest and covering the company for all these years will get used to it. Remember that we called this company Panfish for, you know, uh, decades. And, you know, us that, that, again, are covering it all the time, of all the people that would be most comfortable with the name and not want it to change uh, or be resistant to it, uh, it would be journalists that have been tracking these these uh, companies. But Panfish is, is a it, – it feels so – anachronistic now looking back uh and just sort of the absolute wrong name um and you know i'm assuming that people will get used to maui movie however people are going to pronounce it and and i can only assume that there was a lot of research done into it um but i i also kind of wonder um if it if it even matters you know um and i i guess again that speaks to the demand for salmon uh, and, and for the product that it is, is um, maybe you just need to land on a name um, and then let time and demand take care of itself. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's probably true. And I'm, I'm wondering as well as if this will inspire uh, other uh, producers to, you know, rise to the challenge, so to speak, and create, try and create competing brands. Um, because clearly there's there's nothing in the market that dominates, and um, these guys would have it all to themselves if they if they so desire. But um, yeah, it was interesting I, to watch. I think um, apparently I, I think I heard that Leroy tried to do something once. Is that right? True? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, a while back. Mm, but I think in, in the Norwegian market, they've done a lot of, of work um, over the years. And I think they've sort of settled back in on uh, on just using the Leroy brand. But um, there have been attempts over the years. Um, you know, like I said, Cook is, is sort of branding its products under True North. I mean, everybody has is, is struggled with this in seafood. Nobody's really cracked it. Um, and it doesn't really matter who you are. And, and I mean, going from being a producer to moving that into the branded sphere, it is not easy. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, very few come to mind when you talk about uh, people who have been successful at either harvesting or growing a fish and then taking their company and producing a branded product that's so vertically linked. So... It is, in I a sense, I, I don't think it's really uh, an overstatement that, you know, Orskog said that, uh, you know, that it's kind of the first time ever that, that anybody's really, truly, ambitiously targeted a global brand. I think, um, though, that they sort of implied that they would expect their competitors to to try and follow suit, at least, because the thing was being live-streamed on the internet, and um, there were certain things they kept saying they weren't going to elaborate certain details because they knew their competitors were watching and um it, i don't know i just got the sense they were, that they were you know keeping certain things close to their chest because they imagine competitors will try and join in at some point like this yeah makes sense yeah one would think and you know i i think that that's i think that's great i think it's it's great that somebody takes the step and 
uh, you're hearing from everybody, uh, and certainly in our reporting, I mean, the term value added, value adding, added value, everybody has that on their mind of, okay, we've got, we've got this great protein, um, and we've been fighting over pennies. So how do we actually make this worth more money? And part of it is branding. You know, that, that's one of the critical parts is building up a, a brand with uh, attributes that people desire and are willing to pay, to pay more for. Um, one of the things, just shifting gears, because uh, I, I want to talk about shrimp next, but um, at, at our event in Qingdao last week, uh, that was one of the things that, um, uh, that the Sustainable Shrimp Partnership discussed uh, was the importance of, of using sustainability as a differentiator. And I don't know if that's really, um, if that's really something that will we'll end up working. Um, but it was that same idea of, you know, Apple and iPhones um, basically just creating a, a consumer perception that it is a, a better phone um, or that it's something to be desired. So it was very interesting. It was this, um, the term that, um, uh, that was used by Avram Lazar, uh, who's a consultant on, uh, on that project, uh, was that it's commodification. Um, uh, of products and moving from commodification to actually creating something that's desired. Um, so I think that's interesting, and it's definitely the next step that the seafood industry has to has to look at. Um, so moving on to uh, two SSP and two shrimp, there's been a couple of things. Um, I know, John, you were down in Ecuador not too long ago, uh, and you dug up um, kind of a project that's been happening on the side uh, to possibly create a generic market marketing campaign for shrimp and wanted to hear a little bit about that, the background, and a little bit about, uh, about your thoughts of whether or not it'll, it'll uh, actually take off. Yeah, well, I'll tackle the first part, uh, for, or the last part first. Uh, in the words of George Chamberlain himself, <laughs> president of GAA, uh, it won't be easy, and it, it won't. Um, the, these meetings took place during the recent goal um, conference, and it brought to, they brought together on the side nearly 60 shrimp industry leaders just to start having negotiate or discussions about whether this uh, generic marketing council for shrimp could be created if people would be aboard and. A lot of people are aboard right now because shrimp prices tend to be low right now because production is uh, seems to be ahead of demand, and that's what's caught everybody's attention. So with that as the backdrop, they got together and decided, yeah, we have enough support here. We have enough interest to take the next step forward, which is a meeting uh probably in a couple of weeks to further map out the process that they might have to follow. The, the big question is, is this going to be a mandatory thing? As in like every, every importer has to, uh, you know, get, contribute a certain amount to fund the project, or is it going to be voluntary, which uh, has a drawback of, well, those who don't pay still get the benefits. So it's a, it's a classic um, argument uh, and conundrum that's followed the seafood industry for three or four decades, probably, as far as trying to create these types of programs. Um, I, 
I don't know. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, my fear is that if the price comes up next year, nobody will care anymore. So, and that very well could be. So, I, I don't know. I, uh, again, I think George probably hit it on the head. It, it won't be easy, and we'll see. I mean, it, it's funny because it does tie back directly to, to the uh, um, to the movie brand because, um, you know, Marine Harvest very heavily over the course of several years criticized the, the Norwegian Seafood Council um, for kind of this very thing that all the the percentage payment that they, they paid toward uh, the council and the marketing didn't offset uh, – the, the amounts that smaller companies were paying. And so a lot of those smaller companies were getting a free ride. Even, you know, even companies that were, were not in Norway were getting a free ride on some of, that, uh, some of that marketing. So their point was, hey, we need to just focus on our own brands. We need, to, we need to stop putting so much money into building up the brand of Norway. And I always think that, you know, I think they started make, having those discussions because the price of salmon just kept strengthening um, and the demand kept strengthening. So I, I think you're, you're right that a lot of these discussions start to go away when uh, prices uh, firm up. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, maybe companies really start doing the same, uh, the sta same thing as, as Marine Harvest is talking about. Now, again, that's what the Sustainable Shrimp Partnership uh, was, uh, was, was focused on a bit more. What I've noticed is it's kind of shifted with the Sustainable Shrimp Partnership, and, and Lola, maybe you can speak to this a bit, but um, there, there is, there does seem to be increasingly um, a shift more on that association being um, really more of, a, of an Ecuadorian uh, uh, shrimp uh, <laughs> marketing tool than anything else, if only because some of the um, some of the attributes that are required as part of that partnership can really only be replicated um, in Ecuador. Yeah, I I think or well, the idea of the SSP is that uh, other countries will join. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It was first of all, it was launched by the or with the help of the um, <coughs> Camera Nacional de Acuicultura, so of Ecuador. So they they were the ones who were actually trying to make this project work. And, and yeah, it seems that at the moment, some of the requirements are, yeah, uh, are only going to be met by Ecuadorian farmers. And like you're saying, it's going to be kind of the same situation than, than the um, <clears throat> Norwegian Seafood Council. At the end, they are going to, they're going to uh, build up a brand um, for Ecuador, for example. Uh, and then some other some other producers can can yeah <clears throat> take a free ride from it. But I don't know. Eventually they were saying, and I think the big companies from other countries, let's say Thailand or or I don't know some 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 other Asian uh, producers of shrimp, the big companies will actually get on board and 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 that's going to be <clears throat> that's going to be encouraging for other producers in those countries. But at the moment I see what you what you're saying that. Uh, it's becoming more of an Ecuadorian thing than anything else. Yeah, and I think uh, you know the the idea of using sustainability as a branding tool, I think is is very very interesting. And um, uh, at our Qingdao event, Biomars uh, Henrik Orestrup uh, was was there, and he had a give a really really interesting presentation about the organic market in China 
and incidentally, what surprised me was that uh, how how big China's organic market was, and that's just flat ignorance about China that that maybe a lot of Westerners have. Maybe it's just me, um, but China is the fourth largest consumer of organic food, um, and he said within yeah two to three years they would be the largest. Um, and the focus on food safety um, is just intense there in the Chinese market, um, particularly am among uh, middle-income, uh, higher-income bracket people uh, that are considered, you know, concerned about their health, concerned about their their children's health, etc. But the lesson he said that can be drawn from organic is that um, is that people will uh, people will pay a premium. Um, and, and sustainability oftentimes is associated with higher quality, right or wrong. Um, but I do think that that, you know, the idea of just having an eco-label, um, a lot of the speakers really sort of undercut that idea and really, um, you know, they, they, they really said that an eco-label alone, whether it's ASC or MSC or whatever, um, doesn't mean anything to consumers. I know that MSC has put a lot of money into marketing that, and ASC will do the same in, in BAP, etc. But I don't know that it's ever really going to make a difference in the consumer's mind. I think that sustainability makes a difference. Um, I think people, I think if people feel like they're getting a more premium product, whether that's the description of what's going into the product or, or whatever, then I think they will pay more. Um, but I think the idea of sustainability as a differentiator is very interesting. And so in that sense, I think SSP is kind of on to something that, uh, you know, maybe rather than focusing on, hey, I've got this eco-label or that eco-label, it's getting to be where, where a lot of companies um, are certified are going to have these eco-labels. So then what becomes the next point of differentiation? Um, so I don't know. I mean, Dom, do you think that, that could be a, a, a way to get a more premium price for products is to, to play on, on sustainability? Um, yeah, I guess so. I think um, it's becoming more, it's becoming increasingly important to consumers, isn't it? The whole issue of sustainability and where their food actually comes from. Um, I think people could do a better job maybe at communicating that with consumers just by slapping a label on a packet doesn't, mean a lot to the average consumer at least not um here anyway uh so yeah uh, I, I i guess it could but i think there probably needs to be more work communicating yeah john you have any thoughts on that uh, well when it comes to shrimp i mean it's such a commodity driven business uh, i i don't know i see, see it to be a long battle to differentiate in that market and I, I don't know that sustainability is going to, to do it for you. I, I mean I, I think what we've seen that works better from a marketing point of view even in a highly commoditized product is is the the region you know marketing the region uh, from which the, the product comes and in that sense Ecuador could probably you know have a nice story to tell. But, you know, um, the bigger question, too, is whether they can get everybody in the shrimp world aboard or at least, you know, somebody outside of Ecuador, you know, the, in the um, Asian countries. And uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening right now. So we'll see. 
All right, well, that's it for this edition of the Interfish Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with more insight into the latest in seafood news. Remember that you can find us on interfish.com every day around the clock from all our regions. You can sign up for our newsletters, keep tabs with us that way. And we're also on social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Thanks, everyone. 